Technorama episode 700, past versus present. Hello and welcome to Technorama, the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. This is episode 700. Hooray! Let's celebrate! Yay! We've passed another milestone. Although at Everybody, this, 700 times. Hip, hip, hooray! At this age, hip, hip, hooray. you know, there's only so many birthdays you can celebrate. <laughs> I was going to sing the uh, beer bottle song and take one podcast down, pass it around. For 700, we'll be And then we have 699 podcasts no, on the wall let's not <laughs> so thank you craig for being there for nearly every one of them and you know i wasn't around for nearly every one of them either so in spirit right. together right. we've done this and we've got the star trek cruise coming up and we're going to try yes. doing a podcast meetup with some of the other podcasters yeah actually the uh i was getting annoyed by facebook messenger oh my gosh not they've, just they, they've got these facebook, like chat subgroups Look, Facebook rolled out a feature where groups can have chats, and that's great. I think I saw an invitation to turn, was it not Dog Days of Podcasting, but Technorama, and you can do on the yes. on the Messenger. You get these, you can do subgroups in things. Anyway, so the Star Trek, the cruise, I started getting messages one day. It was like bang, 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 bang. I was like, what the heck is going on? Oh, and look, it's and still it's like, going. New group, new group, new group. I'm like. Great. There's you know, and- 50 plus year old cruisers, Anzac yeah. Chat, Body right. by Starfleet, Chalice of Reeks, <laughs> Commiserate, Cosplay yeah. Parlor, Craft Traders, General Chat, Karaoke Lovers, LGBTQ Plus, LGBTQ Plus, yeah. Unrated, right. Podcast, Pokemon Go Friends, Southwest Airlines. Do we need a chat group for Southwest Airlines? I don't know. Star Trek now, who Cards. Let's talk about them. T so anyway, Earl Grey, low slash non-drinkers. <laughs> so anyway, it got down. I saw one. I happened to see one. I started to, I dismissed it actually on my phone. I went, dang it. And I went, oh, I saw a podcast. So I had to go back in and look. There's a podcast group. And there are other people that uh, are podcasters or specifically Star Trek podcasters. So we'll probably do a, a meetup or something. I started to say a team up, like, you know, like a super team, yeah. super friends. I don't know. <laughs> I might have that here. Here we go. <laughs> Meanwhile, go. in Quark's bar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll probably have to, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to set up something here pretty soon and uh, meet up with them. Pick a day, pick a time. At sea usually works best, but we'll we'll find out. Well, you know, and then I start going where, well, where on the ship? And I'm not sure how to, maybe I get you to coordinate it because you, you might know better than I would. I don't know. We got we to see the schedule of events. That's usually published soon, real soon. And then we can go, where's there a gap? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do that. 4 a.m. I was thinking, hmm, I might have to sneak a recording device on the ship. <laughs> so if we're doing Good. a meetup, you know what? Uh, maybe we could uh, record something. Or know. just record some short video clips and paste them together later. Video of podcasters? It'll never work. I don't know. It'll never work. Should <laughs> we get into our... our... <laughs> it never work. <laughs> Should we get into our feedback? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Ladders. Oh, we get ladders. Ladders? Ladders? 
Ladders every day. Ladders? Ring it out. Rung it out. Ladders. After all these years, you think I could work out the lag? I do that before the audio. <laughs> no. no. All right. Our question this last episode on six ninety nine was: What quietly went away without anyone noticing? Well, Technorama's not going down without a fight. I'll say we haven't. <laughs> we're, going, we're, Actually, we're not going uh, quietly. I did have a podcast. I kind of let fade away. Uh, I, well, I don't think I was getting a lot, a lot of traction from it. Um, was valid syntax? Remember that? Mm-hmm. I was doing that for a while. Oh, I there's fun, countless I, podcasts that have pod faded. Oh yeah. Well, I'm talking about me. The important one here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, no, I did valid syntax, which was a ten minutes or less podcast. I was reviewing, reviewing open source software, and that. I thought it was all right. I uh, I did a little trivia at the end, you know, trying to get feedback. You know, that I put up a question trying to get people feedback. I just wasn't getting a lot of traction on it. And after a while, and I was like, I think I did like fifty episodes. I can't remember fifty, sixty. Anyway, so <clears throat> it was a lot of fun though. But uh, moving along. Speaking of feedback, let's get on with our listener feedback. So what quietly went away? The Britain Yankee craft beer podcast. Oh, we should probably do this. There we go. Oh. Says common sense. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant the podcast itself. Oh. No, they're still they're still cranking <laughs> them out. You asked the question, said I the Britain Yankee craft beer podcast. I went, oh. I subscribe. <laughs> Keep reading. Yeah. All right. So Stephen Westy says the sound of CRT powering down. Yep. And the sound of a PC booting up. The sound of a CRT, you know what I mean? That thunk you hear? Kind of, I don't know. I Uh, I was thinking it was more like a little kind of. Never could. I've heard some some CRTs CRTs powering up. (laughs) You don't need to be be nearby. Stephen Wesher responded to that when he said, the A drive check. I think specifically it was iconic. You know, when you power on your machine, it goes. Mm -mm. (laughs) Sean Hunter. Sean Hunter replied. And he said. Oh, Sean Hunter. Yeah. I'm sorry. He said, yeah, the A-drop check. Yeah, because that would you would hear the drug kind of seek a little bit, and if yeah. there's nothing in it. it he said it was a little carnival every time you would press the button on that AT case. <laughs> yeah, right. And then Stephen Wesh said, indeed, floppy drives were a large part of the boot-up sound I was referencing. They were. Yep. Yeah, they were. Big time. Especially, uh, I want to say those PS2s, those were picky about having a boot drive. You know, if it didn't have any OS on it. You had to yeah. boot up on that disc. Even my Apple II still fires up. It goes, how often do you boot that thing? Uh, about once a year. Once a year on your birthday? Let's <laughs> see if, if <laughs> on, it works. On its birthday. <laughs> its birthday, that's yes, right. Uh, John Kratzer says the screeching sound of a modem. I don't know if it would it go away quietly. No, it's pretty loud. Oh, speaking of modems, Craig, I was talking with my good friend Scott Reynolds yesterday, and he was showing me uh, some MQTT, some IoT stuff, and I looked and he showed me like the connection strings for you send a request and you get a response. 
They are based on the Hayes AT commands. It literally started right. out as request AT plus something, something, something. I went, you got to be kidding me. I said, nobody's going to know what that is anymore. But well, the yeah. old men are laughing. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a tried and true protocol there. Uh, you know. For- yeah, but we don't use that for like REST APIs anymore. No, n- not exactly. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It still ma- it makes sense to me. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, my. It just seemed like, wow, someone really hanging on to the old days. Yeah. Uh, Steve London said, also said, PBS modem pools, node networks, like Fidonet and X modems, whom, whom can forget Netmail and Echo Mail? Hey, BBS modem pools. I, you know, my, when I started my ISP, we had a modem pool. Literally, I had, I, I may have a picture somewhere, but I had, I literally had, what, 50 modems sitting on a shelf on a rack, you know, above. These weren't like rack mounted modems, people. They were. No, they were literally consumer grade external modems. Yeah. uh, Sitting stacked literally on top of each other. And there was about 50 of them. I want to say it was 50. I meant to think about that. But yeah, it was about 50 of them. And people would call in. Of course, I wasn't hearing them. I didn't. I didn't need to hear them all. You can uh, can turn off the sound, you know. Yeah, but I had a modem pool. You know, sure did. I had one too. It was at my house. I had like six or seven of them. Wait, you had six or seven phone lines? Uh-huh. Wow. We had to we had to add a new line when we moved into our old house in Appleton. It had uh what was it? I had three lines for the BBS and one for our regular voice. And during the night I would put the voice line up as like a members only line. It's like, hey, I'm not using my voice line. So let's throw it in the modem pool. <laughs> And right. uh, most people respected that. I think, uh, yeah, at one point I had six. So we dropped in another cable and it had five pairs in it or five more lines. So we maxed them all out. Yeah, it was 7343462 was our voice line. 7342204. 7342499 was the main number. So 2204 was a membership line. Uh, that's what we had when we were still in the apartment. Then we moved in to the house and we got a couple more lines. I went, oh, let's add them up. So I don't remember what the other lines were. I remember just the 2499 was the main one, 2204, and then 3462. Hmm. Yeah, why do I remember this stuff? I don't know. I haven't needed it in over 25 years. I do remember we had Livingston uh, equipment, which I think was an, ended up buying, being bought out by, um, uh, who was uh, Lucent. Uh, I think Lucent bought them. So mm-hmm. we used those... Uh, that uh livingston concentrator for a long time to hook up all these modems and then of course routed out to a t1 which i loved the t1 when there was nobody on i had a quake. i had a quake di- <laughs> i had a digiboard multi-port serial port and and for the ones i had like eight ports on this thing and with five running modems i used the other three for dumb terminals so we kind of had a land party when i was there i ran i ran a, a xenix based bbs so the multi user thing was Piece of cake. All right. Shall we continue? This is pre-Linux days, by the way. Actually, I was looking. You were making me uh, want to look up my um, my Livingston uh, Portmaster. That was a, that's what it was. Was that a, like now a says, terminal server? Yeah. So, yeah, you hook up all the modems to it. It had all the ports on the back. Yeah. Uh, it was a now it's Lucent, of course. This is Lucent Livingston Portmaster 3, which is. 
think I want to say I have the two because they seem a little bigger than this. But yeah, you could hook up all the modems straight to this. And um, so when people call in, they get IP number, they get on the network, and then they get routed, of course, through another device that would go out through the uh, a router rather that would go out through the T1. Somewhere we have listeners going, what are they talking about? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it was ridiculous. Anybody oh. under 40? <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. I, I'll probably see a picture of it here. Yeah. This is it right here. So this is here. You know what? I will share my screen real quick. Why Which not? is great on an audio podcast. I know, but I say share. <laughs> Bonus for the video watchers. Share screen window. I'm almost there. Yeah. Promise. Great listening material right here. I should probably play the uh, history. Sure. Okay. For a generic yeah, box with some LEDs in it. Great stuff. Well, <laughs> on the back side is all the ports that Understand. you would hook up all the modems to. Understand. Can we yeah. go on with the history segment? No. I'm going to play you out. Hey. And I would like to thank my family and the Academy and. <laughs> On this day in history for February 1st, 2023, there goes January. (laughs) It's the 32nd day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 333 days remaining in 2023. It was on this date in 1884 that the first volume, A to Ant, of the Oxford English Dictionary was published. Also on February 1st, 1893, Thomas A. Edison finished construction on the first motion picture studio, the Black Maria, uh, Mary, Maria? Yes. Uh, in the West Orange, in West Orange, New Jersey. Voice of America, oh. the official external radio and television service of the United States government, began broadcasting with programs aimed at areas controlled by the Axis powers. On mm. this date in 1940, on 1942... It was also on this date in 1950 that the first prototype of the MiG-17 made its maiden flight. The Beatles had their first number one hit in the United States with I Want to Hold Your Hand on this date in 1964. Have you ever done that in karaoke? Yes, I've done lots of Beatles. Okay, Okay, I I don't think I've ever seen you sing that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Also on today in 2003, Space Shuttle Columbia disintegrated during the reentry mission of STS-107 into Earth's atmosphere, killing all seven astronauts aboard. I was on a ski trip at that point in Marquette, Michigan. Yeah. February 1st, 2013, 10 years later, the Shard, the sixth tallest building in Europe, opened its viewing gallery to the public. Wow. Happy birthday goes out in this day to German lexicographer, historian, and cryptographer, Johannes... Tritemius, born on this date in 1462. <laughs> Sounds like a, one of those Latin classifications for a, a creature of some sort. <clears throat> Johannes Tremidius. Uh, Henry Briggs, born a uh, British mathematician, was born on the same date in 1561. Born February 1st, 1659, Dutch explorer Jakob Rogovin. Uh, lost my place. Clark Gable. Oh, yeah, okay. oh, yeah Clark Gable. <laughs> Giving you the easy ones tonight, bud. I was, I was, I was trying to read. I was like, that's, that's Jacob. No, it's like Clark Gable, the American actor, was born 122 years ago today. He was Dutch, so it's Jakob. I got you. 
February 1st, 1905, Italian-American physicist and academic Nobel Prize laureate Emilio G. Segre. That's right. And Sam Edwards. That was tough. Welsh physicist and academic was born on the same date in 1928. Sticking with the Welsh, we have an actor, director, and screenwriter, Terry Jones. Yes, that one from the Monty Python fame. He was born today in 1942. And also born that same date in 1947, a Scottish computer programmer and politician... What a combination. Uh, Minister of the State and Ar- of Armed Forces, Adam Ingram. I thought I recognized that name, but I looked him up and it wasn't who I thought it was. <laughs> You're thinking like the Ingram, the computer Ingram? Maybe. Stuff? Actually, yeah. I was thinking of Inman, which made an Apple machine language programming. It was Inman and Inman. But anyway, Rick James. Yeah, the super freak. The American singer, songwriter, and producer was born 70, 75, or was 75. Yeah. Also turning 62 today is American engineer and astronaut Daniel M. Taney. American singer, songwriter, and actress Lisa Marie Presley was born on this date in 1968. And last but not least, American actor and producer Michael C. Hall. He's 52 today. Dexter wow. is 52. <laughs> That That's could right. make for some fun comedy on his show at some point. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> Son, can you lift the body on the table? <laughs> Listener birthdays this week include February 1st, Matt Baum, a.k.a. Racer X from Pittsburgh, PA. Brandon Kirkwald from Minnesota. February 2nd has three birthdays, including our own Patreon member and friend of the show, Gary Lindros, a.k.a. Gary from Jacksonville. Groundhog Day rules! Chuck Provenzano, (laughs) a.k.a. Pod Lurker, a.k.a. Chuck's Evil Twin. And Oreo Cookie Monster. Love that. February 3rd is also the birthday of Ewan Campbell McGregor from Scotland. And two birthdays on the 7th, Chad W. Smith from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And Brian, the big BS in PA <laughs> from Williamsport, PA. Why does birthday. everybody from PA use a bunch of initials? I don't know. I blame Brad P from NJ. I know. That's right. Must have been a thing at one time. Hey, if it's your birthday and you are not on our calendar, we wish you all the best. Have a happy birthday. And if you'd like to get on our birthday calendar, Craig's going to take down the thing that says that we're still doing the pre-show. Oh, are we? Okay, there we go. And put up a thing that says how to get on the birthday calendar so the viewers can see it's chuckchat.com slash birthday. And the listeners can hear what I just said. Now let the real show commence. Right. That's the (laughs) way it was on this day in history for February 1st, 2023. Woohoo! Music out. Doink. Get out! Which means we get a random blue button. Good news, anyone? I don't know if I'd call this good news, but it certainly is interesting news mm-hmm. that uh, scientists have discovered in adult mice, they thought this was previously only in young mice, uh, what they call silent synapses. It's not like the silent Sil- majority of voters. Silent synapses are like brain cells in reserve for forming new memories. And they thought, well, there must be a lot of these. You've heard of brain plasticity, right? Where you can rewire the brain for new patterns and whatnot. It's like, hey, I couldn't play the piano before, but if you learn and you study. Or people that that were injured uh, learn to walk again. Right. Yep, yep. So the brain is a, they refer to it as brain plasticity. 
And they thought that the plasticity decreases because you just don't have enough of uh, these silent synapses. Synapses are the connections between nerve cells. Okay, so you've got nerve cell A and nerve cell B, and they have these little dendrites that stick out, and, and there's a gap where chemical messages are passed across. Those okay. are the synapses. And they said, I highlighted some things in here. The, there's normally some receptors in the active ones. They are the MDNA, re, NMDA. I can't say that slow enough. <laughs> I know it sucks. And like... normally for active synapses, yeah. there's AMPA. Mm-hmm. But in the silent ones, they said, hey, let's look at those. There were no AMPA. They only had one kind. They said, could this be a sign that we might have a silent synapse? So they looked a little further. And if you look even closer along the little long, um, like finger-like projections out from the nerve cell, the dendrite, uh, the axons, excuse me, uh, they, they find these smaller, smaller, smaller structures called phylopodia. That's not someone who preys on children. <laughs> That's a... I hope not. Pedophile. Okay. Pedophile. They said, oh, (laughs) well, where we find these phylopodia, I hope I'm saying that close. I'm not a neuroscientist. Uh, They said there's strong support for the theory that phylopodia represents silent synapses within the brain. And phylopodia allow a memory system to be both flexible and robust. You need flexibility to acquire new information, but you also need stability to retain the important information. So you got to right. maintain the connections that are already there with these uh, 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 receptors, the NMDA and the AMPA. It sounds like the people who make your motion pictures or something, <laughs> but it's not. Those so, are the people that, uh, that censor and uh, judge your film. I'm I'm up for more brain science, especially as we learn more about brain disorders like Parkinson's or absolutely. Yeah. uh, This could help us tell more about how these work. Alzheimer's, the other one. Yeah. I, I, I I went to a, um, a talk one time in Marquette, Michigan. They did this at the microbrew. Uh, they called it science on tap. So they get somebody from the local university who gets up and does like a little Uh TED talk while Uh you're at the microbrew, get it, science on tap. And he talked about that. So Alzheimer's is like a subtractive thing. You're losing memory connections. Whereas Parkinson's is an additive. You're you're like getting motion where you don't want motion. And he talked about the difference in in how that's handled and the effects that the, the job that the proteins do, et cetera. It was very fascinating. So yeah. it kind of got me started reading these kinds of articles. I, I think this is wonderful research and more power to you. We also have uh, another story in the news from TechCrunch yeah. about, you know, we've heard a lot about ChatGPT. You can't swing a dead cat five cable without hitting. I know, right? A ChatGPT. Con- uh, I know. Discussion. Everybody's worried about their jobs and everything else. That's going to be eliminated by chat GPT. Well, here comes another one because Google has come up with one called Music LM, a machine learning, although I don't know why it's LM instead of ML, but you know. Learning machine. Okay. (laughs) Loud machine, loud music. (laughs) I don't know. Right. We'll figure out. It took me long enough to figure out what the GPT stood for. Uh, They are creating. What What was it? It's GPT. It's generative. 
pattern training. I'm, I, I, okay. I don't know if I'm close on that. I, I, uh, I, I don't recall it offhand. It's not burned into memory. See, it's still working its way through those <laughs> silent synapses. <clears throat> right. But anyway, yeah. uh, Music LM took a sampling of 280,000 songs, different genres and whatnot, so that you could do similar thing. You could type in, I'm looking for a song like this. And holy doodle, I want something like this because it'd be great for making promos or podcast music or whatever. Yeah. The problem oh, yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. it's not robust enough. And I said, why can't we have this? They said, ooh, we got to turn it off for ethical reasons right now. It's not public because the sample size is still too small. And we're getting what I would call leakage of the original material into the final product where somebody could go, hey, that sounds an awful lot like George Harrison. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they're not quite there yet, but the samples they did have were rather interesting about, yeah. you know, hey, make me a song that uh, is based on you know, music that could come from a movie about arcades. Yeah, there's a singer and they do. Yeah. Yeah, well, kinda, they, they yeah. don't quite have the lyrics. In, in some cases, no. they can get some oohs and ahs in there. Yeah, it didn't have the lyrics, it's, but it had people. Uh, was it a rap? I'm trying to remember what it was. It's not terribly um, complex yet. So, But I, I what I heard from the samples is just like, this would be perfect for bed music. Better than the garage band loops I'm throwing together. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, I want some uh, circus music that, you know, whatever we're doing. You know, I'm just saying. And you get this. Yeah. Oops, not that. That's yeah. this one. Circus music. Here, here's need, a circus. I need a marching band that sounds like they were. Yeah. They lost the competition. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. so no, yeah, this interesting. Is, I thought it sounded great. I, uh, I hope samples. that they resolve this and can release it because I'd be all over this more than I'd be over the artwork thing from OpenAI. I know, right? Yeah. But it's, it is it is kind of scary in a way when you think about the, the job implications because you thought, oh, the people that have to create creative content like this will, you know, oh, AI and machine learning, that'll be like the last thing they get to because it's so complex. It's like, well, the first thing that Chad GPT took down was creative writing, creative <laughs> artistry, and now we've got music. Like, oh, what job can you do that's somewhat protected? Yeah. Program AI. <laughs> Assembling a car. <laughs> you program the AI, AIs that take the rest of the your friends out yeah. of jobs. Hey, speaking of AI... I don't know how much AI is involved in this. And do you remember I sent you a screenshot of what <laughs> was misunderstood when I said I was trying to build a shopping list? Yes. <laughs> so I'll put, I put, I was using Google voice on my keyboard on the on my phone. And I said, eggs, added eggs, milk, added milk. And I said, corn, corn checks. Yeah. I said, corn checks very clearly. I said, corn checks. And it said P asterisk 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 chicks. I went, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Porn chicks. <laughs> I want to know where you picked those up. <laughs> Send pictures. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh? Yeah. The um that was funny. there was something else in there. Uh, I stupid. Lost hey, it. Oh, I, yeah. oh, what I was gonna tell you I posted that on Mastodon mm -hmm. and Dave Slusher came back and says, I think that reflects the training set. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's usually the my, first ones to personal, jump on that my personal training set oh no I hope not <laughs> alright should we do the hacks and strange stories yes let's move <laughs> on that note 
So we have a story about how head trauma actually freed this man up from his screen addiction. Which is sad because you shouldn't need something so No, bad. and he, he said, let this be a lesson. To, not, not so much a lesson, but let this be a hint to you of, right. of what you could do. And this is similar to the story we covered a couple of weeks ago about the guy who went off the grid and you know, feels like he's living a much richer lifestyle, more meaningful lifestyle without paying electric bills and whatnot. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, he yeah. said he was putting dishes away, stood up too quickly. The cupboard clonked him in the head and caused him vision problems. And uh, from then on, he couldn't deal with bright screens, which included his phone and his computer mm-hmm. and television and whatnot. So decreased his sure. screen time. He started using Siri a bit more to voice communicate with, but also found that, uh, again, more meaningful relationships in his life because he wasn't yep. he wasn't glued there less stress because he wasn't constantly reading these stories and tweets and whatnot i mean we've all heard this uh over the last few years about uh you know people that are getting wound around uh you know the i've lifestyle. complained about that and you've minimized my complaint but it, it made me think you know as we as we talked about our goals both professional and personal for 2023 mm-hmm. This should be on one. It's like, how, what are some ways that I can decrease my screen time? Well, yeah. he said podcasts are, are one way. Listening to podcasts isn't screen time. No, but subscribing to them, you got to get them in there somehow. No, you can tell. You can tell your voice assistant to do that. You can. So I thought it was an interesting uh, perspective on things and just kind of wakes you up to. You know, you know, when I was. I was reading through this and he was saying, oh, this gave me a chance to actually make more connections to people and, and live a different life. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what sucks is like, because of this tech, like that was the world you were born into. Uh, this other stuff is all this fluff kind of not following you. What I'm trying to, <laughs> what I'm getting at is like, this was the world you and I had growing up. There weren't screens. We had video games and stuff There's like television. that. Television. I mean, we got we got this back in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, oh, television's going to rot your brain. In different You're ways, watching. but I can tell you right now, but I have better, I've had more deeper relationships probably because back then than I have now. However, I will say that I've made more connections now than I have back then because I'm able to connect with a lot more people. Uh, yeah, so, there's there is an advantage to having... The electronic connections, like, hey, I've reconnected with people I haven't talked to in over 40 years. That's pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, is even though there may be electronic connections between people nowadays, Mm -hmm. it's up to you to make that a deeper connection. And don't worry about the the technology so much. Go see those people in person or, uh, you know, make a phone call. I'm just saying there's ways to not let the phone be the the only communication device between you and somebody I'm else. going to reach out to every one of my 22,000, no, 28,000 followers on LinkedIn yeah. personally. You know what I'm I'll saying. I'll talk to you on Saturday. <laughs> well, you know, I, well, I, I've mentioned before, I use uh, Todoist mm-hmm. to make recurring tasks for myself to remember to contact people I, I care about. You know, I go... Yeah, you know, rather than it being like, 
five weeks and you go, well, I haven't spoken to that person in a while or a couple right, of months. Right. I just randomly have it or not randomly. I have it every so often, uh, the recurring task to, rem- to contact people. So apparently I'm not on way. your list. I haven't talked to you in ages. <laughs> yeah. A whole seven days, seven or days. Less. I want a few less, hours. Actually, that's a few hours. That's right. Anyway, you get the idea. That's Craig, I'm, Craig I'm texting you to make sure you got my Facebook message to ask whether you got my email that I called and left your voicemail. Yeah. Believe me, I get plenty <laughs> of those. I get plenty of those from work. Hey, can you follow up on this? I'm like, yeah. Clinton says, trust me, people get mad. Oh. Uh, I, was, I was trying to bring it up for you. <laughs> people get mad when you don't constantly check for messages on the interwebs. You know what? It's yeah. called an inbox. I'll check it when I darn well can. That's right. Hey, uh, I think I'm, I can't remember if I mentioned this on this show or on our parody show, but I have those recurring tasks, like I said, to contact people. And one of those was, was my friend Fred, which uh, I think it was like every Wednesday it says pink Fred. That's all it says. Mm-hmm. And so um, one day I was like, I was really busy. It's like, I just catch up with him next week. So I dismissed it. Well, then after pinging him on Wednesdays every so often, he finally goes, hey, what are you doing? It was like <laughs> on the Wednesday that I decided not to contact him. So I got him in a rhythm of contacting mm-hmm. me as well or looking forward subconsciously or not. I don't know. But he just he pinged me. I was like, well, that was weird because I thought I'll just catch him next week. Anyway. All right, we got to move on to our next story. This one, this one right, came yeah, in yeah. on CNN uh, yesterday as we're recording this. I saw it. The headline made me just want to send it to Craig and say, add this to the show. In Japan, oh, yeah. pet fish playing Nintendo Switch run up bill on owner's credit card. That was just too good to pass up. so the story is this guy's got fish in a tank and he's got a map on the bottom of the tank and as the fish swim over you know up arrow down arrow left right a b uh they actually (laughs) control his nintendo switch and he's put this on youtube and he's got people watching and lots and lots of followers to see what the fish will do well what the fish ended up doing i gotta i think i highlighted some things in this story i gotta i gotta bring up the article see if i got this highlighted uh, it's, it starts out. I love the, just the opening line of this. Here's something you don't see every day. Pet fish playing a video game in Japan managed to log on to a Nintendo switch store, change the owner's avatar, set up a PayPal account and rack up a credit card bill. <laughs> Stupid fish. <laughs> Never leave your fish unattended. <laughs> That's funny. Use your password authentication for every purchase. Fish knows password. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. Says, uh, turns out this is the fish that hacked into LastPass and stole their database. Muta Kamaru, which is the guy's name I'm pronouncing poorly, had stepped away for a break when the game crashed due to a system error and the console returned to the home screen. But the fish carried on swimming like fish tend to do and seemingly continued to control the console remotely from their tank. I could just see this fish with the, you know, with the controller in the water. <laughs> a, B, up, okay. down, right, left, right, A, B. During yeah. the next seven hours, the fish reportedly managed to change the name of the owner's Switch account before twice logging into the Nintendo store where users could purchase games and other downloadable content. They also managed to, quote, check 
legal terms and conditions. Wow, humans don't even do that. The fish are more interesting than we are. Yeah. Downloaded a new avatar and even set up a PayPal account from the Switch, sending an email out to the owner in the process. Video from the live stream appeared to show. Yeah. Fish. That's funny. You know what's <laughs> funny? Is those fish had no idea they were doing that. You're just swimming around. Did they? I don't know. Did they? Were they really <laughs> that ignorant or... <laughs> fish like cats, and they're just going to take over the world when we're not. Suspected. I imagine the fish was like, "Can I eat this? Can I eat this? Can I eat this? No, keep going, keep going. Can I eat this? Can I buy this? Can I buy this? Can I buy this? Can I buy this? Oh, clean! Yeah. You bought it. Can I? Can I make Mario jump? Clinton says, "Sounds fishy." <laughs> That's why he's got the comedy podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't it? I know. I know. Right? Dead jokes. They're a wonderful thing when they work, <laughs> like the internet. All right, quick shout out to the chat room. That is it for the Hacks and Strange Stories, but we want to let you know that we do the show at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, we moved it up a little bit so people can catch us a little earlier, if that works for yep. you in whatever time zone you're in. We are on Facebook and YouTube, and we've got a number of people watching. Thank you very much. Hanging out in the chat room on Sunday nights, 8 p.m., Again, Facebook and YouTube, we'd love to see you there. Join in our evil chat. No, live chat. Sorry, I <laughs> had dyslexia on that one word. There, there was an E in front of live. No, it's <laughs> live backwards is evil. It also That's spells right. Levi if you mess it up. It's a great yeah. anagram. All right, let's go on to, we have a remember when story, which I absolutely <gasps> love. I got to bring this up before I, while I play the music. There we go. Nah, bam, bam. Many of our listeners have probably already heard of this device. It's what's regarded as the world's oldest computer. It's called the Antikythera device. And it was found on a Roman-era shipwreck in Greece around 1901, so over 100 years ago. And it yeah. looks like this rusted-out bunch of gears that are just stuck together. Honestly, you know what it looks like? It looks like a bank vault kind of... The, the, you know, or a submarine stuff. door with the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So right. that's the biggest gear. But if you look closer behind that one, you can see other gears and cogs and uh, bits and pieces. Well, this is only about a third of the device, and it's in 82 fragments. The biggest they call fragment A. And they x-rayed that and many of the others. And they said, well, you know, even though this is a third of the device, we still got to make some speculation. They believe, they believe this is for de de uh, calculating the position of the sun, the moon eclipses, etc. Now, think about this, people. This is 2,000 years ago, like 2nd yeah. century BC, and they had this precision instrument with, I mean, the piece they've got had like 27 gears in it. And they that's said, that's amazing. a third of it. They said they're estimating about 50 to 60 in the total thing. Like, wow, this is, this is complex stuff. You don't think about that like back in Jesus' time. Like, this is, <laughs> no. seriously, this is what we're talking about. Like, yeah. What? Right. This, that's nuts, man. I mean, the guy's walking around with a Rolex and a thing that predicts. <laughs> I can explain this with one word. Yes. Aliens. No. Uh, but it does make you wonder what else was out there that we've lost to time. Yeah. This oh, is, yeah, there's no telling, man. This is impressive stuff. Yeah, it, Mike Robinson. It was the Infinity Stones. <laughs> well, sure, but did it have VisiCalc? No, we no. had that ten thousand years ago. It was yeah, it was ten thousand years ago on a, <laughs> on a CPM machine. 
That's right. So pretty darn cool that they that you know, what they did is they took layered X-rays, almost like a, a CT scan, and then they could see deep inside this and figure out how many gears there were, what the relationship was, and draw speculation from there. I'm not sure how they figured out what was on the front panel of this machine, since it clearly doesn't have one now. No, but their little illustration has. It's like I'm I'm trying to figure out where they got the that information. They well they did a blow apart of what they know today. So. Well, no, no. I mean, like, uh, it, it looks like the front of it has some kind of wording to figure out. Right. You know, That's what I, I'm saying. It's yeah, insert yeah. flap a into slot B. <laughs> yeah. And then you turn That's the right. crank on the side. Out comes the little clown. Little clown. That's right. It, it, that's all it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't calculating solar eclipses. It was a jack in the box for some right. some dude's kid. Okay, that's what we have, and we want to move on to the patrons. Thank you to our patrons. You make this show possible for as little as a dollar a show. Craig's going to put the URL on the bottom of the screen while I um, proudly read here. out the names of the people who have contributed to keeping this show going. Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dandy Mancoyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Birthday Boy, Gary Lindros, John yep. Clifford, John Noble, Jorga Schrauen, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, who made that cool 3D thing I showed you a couple of weeks ago. I know. Woo! I still need to, did still you, need to order that. Did thing. you get one? I no, think. I haven't got one yet. Thought uh, you did order one. Okay, where was I? Uh, Crazy Joe, Kyle, Leon, Mark, Brad, Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshy, Steve Therian, Steve Cody, Steve London, and Tim Cook. Thank you, everybody, for your contributions, for your donations, your continued support for the program. We invested as wisely as possible to pay for bandwidth and audio production and domain registration, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not going into like some beer fund. That's not happening. It's not paying for our cruise, although we wish. And that's not where it's going. <laughs> right. Uh, and we do return some favors along the way, like an extra bit of content for you. Our after show, our Patreon show, where we have exclusive backstage discussions and postcards that we send out from DragonCon or other events. And t-shirts for our premium level. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast. You are the great people. We love you. It's just, that's all I'm going to say. So thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you. All right. Yep. Shall we continue on with... Hand me the remote. Let's talk about what we've been watching. Yay! I had one on my list last time that I watched, but I didn't get it on the list because it was already a long list and I didn't want to drag it out any further than oh, that. Yes. <clears throat> so, right. uh, I, I, Oh yeah. The aviator. It's yes. a, um, uh, 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 come on. I can see his face. I'm having another senior moment here. Leonardo. DiCaprio. Yes. I knew it started with an L. Thank you. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio portrayed Howard Hughes in this film. Yes. I, it, it, it's, 20 it's it's been a while it's been out for yeah, a while it's been out like for a while 2003 yeah. 2004 uh because he looks very young you know way younger than like revenant leo uh it, it, interesting story 
he he was an eccentric man. He was a bit quirky. Uh, they they covered a lot of the actual events that happened, like the plane crash, the fire he was in that disfigured yeah. him a bit, uh, and and you know caused him to walk with a cane after that. Uh, probably got a little more more eccentric after that. Um, his relationship with Catherine Hepburn and um, Kate Blanchett does a wonderful Catherine Hepburn. You know, Galadriel Kate Blanchett. Yep. <laughs> it's like yep. at first, like oh, that smile. I know her. And then, and then you kind of lose that. It's Kate Blanchett and Galadriel. You go, okay, that's a pretty darn good. Especially when she starts doing that thing with her hand under her chin and like. Nailed it. Okay. Yeah. So, she was also uh, in Thor Ragnarok. Remember that? Yes. Fun she movie. Fun movie. The Aviator. I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You got one? Uh, that was a good movie. I've, I've seen it. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but uh, yeah. So the next one, uh, it's a series on Peacock called Poker Face. It's by Ryan Johnson. And Lady Gaga. He, what? Poker Face, no. Lady Gaga. No. So, oh. uh, no. Um, it's... Uh, I'm trying to remember who, what's her name? Leon, um, uh, Natasha, uh, Leon. Uh, she was on orange is the new black. Okay. She, uh, she plays not a detective really, but she has this, uh, her character has this ability to tell when people are lying or not. So not a superpower or anything, just has this innate ability to do that. So she was originally, uh, uh, betting on poker games and she was making a, making a bunch of money. She would never lose. Well, it got around anyway, long story short, uh, this guy figured it out that owned a casino, uh, called her out. She's blackballed, but he gave her a job. And then that's kind of where this goes. Somebody at the casino wants her to, uh, help her. Um, see if people are cheating. Well, no, she want, they want him, they want her, he wants her to, uh, help, uh, uh, take this one guy, they call him a whale. Uh, he's got a lot of money right? that comes to the casino often take his money. Well, turns out her friend got killed and she starts working that. She's like asking questions. She realizes people are lying about it or makes, she's figuring it out. Anyway, that's kind of the first episode she gets. She busts the wrong people. I don't want to spoil the first episode. She busts the wrong people. Anyway, she goes on the run because they're after her. And then as she's on the run, kind of like the Incredible Hulk where he had different jobs everywhere he went, right? Mm -hmm. Everywhere she goes, there's always somebody that dies. And she starts kind of working on it because she's like, oh, that's that's not right. They're lying, you know, and she starts working it. It's a very good show. It's a great detective kind of show. She's not a detective, but it's a great kind of murder mystery thing. They show you the murder at the beginning, but it's her figuring it out afterwards is the fun part. It's really, it's really a great show. Um, I, I, there's four episodes out as of today, as of this writing, and I think it comes out every Thursday. Um, so I highly recommend it. Her character Reminds me a lot of Columbo, the way she goes, well, well, you know, that the weird thing I noticed, you know, she has that. Oh, and one more thing kind of character, you know, yeah, like Columbo. It's just like that. It's great. It's a great show. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. That's on Peacock. So, yeah, I know another streaming service, but 
Peacock's not too expensive, I don't think, in itself. So it's worth it. Next one I got is called Quincy. This is also on Netflix. A story about I've seen Quincy Quin- with Jack Klugman. Qu- no, oh, man, he no. was awesome. It's murder, Sam. I'm telling you, murder. <laughs> no. This is Quincy Jones, the big oh, yeah. movie and music producer. Great mm-hmm. story. Great story. Covers his childhood, how his mother was taken away when he was seven years old, uh, how he, 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 he he's turned to music. Uh, like at age 14, he started performing and he made friends with, um, Ray Charles and Ray Charles was 16. He's like, Oh, it's great to hook up with someone who is older and wiser. (laughs) It's like 16. Funny. It was kind of sad in a way because he's still going into his eighties and he's had a number of brushes with death himself, including, uh, an aneurysm and a near double aneurysm. Uh, he still bears the scars on his head from that procedure he, you know, just, there was, there was some crazy stuff like, Hey, he just like collapsed. Uh, but he's, he's still with us and, uh, but all his friends are gone. Well, it, it kind of builds up to the opening of the, uh, the, the museum in New York. I, I, I can't remember the name of it, but they, they'd mentioned this all through the show and they keep cutting back to it and say, hey, get Oprah on the line, get, uh, Will Smith on the line. Call so and so. It was it was during President Obama's time, so this was like pre twenty sixteen right. when they opened this up and made this uh, uh, the feature. So the f- video is a few years old. I did some checking. Quincy Jones, as of this recording, was still alive. I think he's eighty nine yeah. now. Um, oh yeah, he's up there now. Yeah, and he's he he's still continuing to invest in like new artists. So. Uh, it, it, it's kind of crazy. The, the new artists, I mean, these people are in their teens and twenties in many cases going, they know who Quincy Jones is. They respect him. And he's, he's so humble and, and like, hey, you guys are the talent. You're the future of music. But cause, and, and he, cause he got that, um, from like Count Basie and Dizzy Gillespie, you know, all these people that mm-hmm. came before him. He said, it was one of these, I stand on the shoulders of giants, so I'm going to let people stand on my shoulders too. That way I, I keep lifting people up. I mean, just a really cool guy. Uh, sad in some spots, like I mentioned, because these people are gone. Michael Jackson being one of them. I mean, that's that's kind of when I started learning about Quincy Jones was in the late 70s, early 80s. And then, of course, when he became the producer for Michael. Um, but he had a long, long career before that starting in like right. the early 50s I mean, oh yeah like, wow just oh yeah he's, he's been around over, oh, over yeah, 70 years in the business I, I i don't think i can last i'm i'm lucky to last barely over 40 <laughs> i know right yeah right well, let's go i'll have to check that one out that's on netflix right? yeah I, I watched that one i watched the several others on uh uh david geffen had one uh there were some others so Netflix has my number on documentaries now. Right. Well, the next one I saw, which I, I am totally not going to recommend, uh, was Amsterdam. And it's, although it's got like every A-lister you can imagine in there. Just bad. In this movie. It just didn't work. It does not work. Sometimes I mean, at that first happens. I was, well, I was watching, I was like, okay, I, I like this. It's kind of quirky and everything's kind of working out. 
no, it just, it just did not settle with me at all at the end. Um, so basically it's set in the thirties. I'll read the little line here. It says it's set in the thirties. It follows three friends who witness a murder, uh, become suspects themselves, then uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. As hard to explain. I mean, it had everybody in it from Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Taylor Swift was in it, which that kind of blew me away. Hmm. Uh, Anya uh, Taylor Joy, who was on um, the chess movie, the chess show, The Queen's, Queen's Gambit, Gambit on Netflix. Yeah, Rami Malek um, even had Robert De Niro in it. It just, but now I just, it just didn't work. Okay, all, strike Amsterdam. Not to be confused yeah. with New Amsterdam, which is a show on NBC or ABC. I forget which one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. My final one is related to the music industry again and includes Remy Malik. <laughs> it's uh, oh, yeah. another music documentary called The Show Must Go On, The Queen Plus Adam Lambert Story. Very well, interesting. Remy Malik in it just because he, he played Freddie, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, okay. I mean, right. he he knew, uh, uh, you know, he had to study for that, so he knew a number of sure. things. Uh, yeah. Brian May and Roger Taylor are are the two remaining band members. I don't know what happened to John, the bassist. I don't know if he just decided not to come back in this reincarnation, but it's all about the rebirth of Queen. You know, obviously, after Freddie Mercury died, they kind of went, well, that's it. They had a tribute concert and kind of hung up their cleats for for that. Uh, but then they brought in, oh, what was his name for a, a couple of years? They went on tour with Adam an, Lambert. No, not Adam oh, Lambert. No, they sang with a lot of different people. Yeah, um, there, there was Mike, one. Go ahead. Michael, uh, uh, oh my God. My yeah, I, I, I can't remember his name either. But yeah, they went on tour with Queen Plus so-and-so. And they did all right, but he just didn't have the, the that stage presence they were looking for. And then Adam Lambert was rising up through the stars on America's Got Talent. I think that's what it was. Yes. Yes. It wasn't. Yeah, we it wasn't actually Kim and I. That was when Kim and I actually were watching. Yeah. We're watching uh, America's Got Talent, and we're like, "Hey, this guy's pretty good." And he and then started, ended a, up, but he came yeah. in second. But for the final, they were George doing, Michaels. Oh my God, that's what I was trying to think. Uh, of. Yeah, it, George Michael sang in front of uh, in front of him for a while. Was, yeah, that's yeah, not who I was thinking people. of, but. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they just didn't feel like any of them really jived until they did that finale of America's Got Talent with Adam Lambert and the guy who actually won that I can't remember his name. Uh, Adam went and did a solo album or two and, and was establishing himself. He, he, he was doing, uh, an awards show or something, a live concert. I can't remember, uh, live on TV. And he went off script and did some things that were not acceptable when you don't tell your producer what you're going to do, he was just kind of, right. you know, inspired by the moment, but not family friendly. Yeah. Uh, and, and that kind of took him down a peg, but he came back with a song that quite literally said, Hey, this is who I am. What do you want from me? I think that was the name of the song. What do you, what do you, what are you looking for from me? Or what do you want from me? Yeah. Uh, and, and they started having discussions with Queen and they both knew that it clicked really well. Now, if you're looking to go to a Queen concert and expect to see Adam doing an impersonation of Freddie, you're not going to see it. He does his no. own thing. He's got yeah. his own style to these songs. And that took right. me a while to kind of warm up to. Like, uh, you know, 
He's just not doing this song right. He's doing it his way. And that's cool, too. In fact, Roger even says that. He says, if you're looking to come and see, you know, a Freddie impersonator, you don't come. No, no, no. But if you want. Exactly. And it should. And you know what? He shouldn't because uh, Freddie was very unique to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Who and everybody loved him. So at least especially his music. So how how could you impersonate him? There's no way. There's and, no way. And Adam said, you know, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Queen, and Queen wouldn't be here if it weren't for Adam. And, you know, it was just a kind of a neat symbiotic relationship. Adam is still doing some personal projects alongside all this collaboration. Mm-hmm. So kind of cool. The thing that struck me, Craig, uh, yep. it was near the end. It was about 10 minutes from the end. They're showing uh, that they, they played in Japan and they had a great revival there. They played a lot of the venues on their first tour. They were doing a a second tour through the U.S. And I had to stop and freeze frame this thing. I went, holy crap. They they show them playing in Las Vegas. They're in the dressing room. Like, well, that looks kind of familiar, but you know, I don't know one dressing room from another. Then they come down the stairs and they're walking down the backstage corridor. And I went, I know exactly where that is. It's backstage at the Dolby Theater in Las Vegas, where I signed my name on the wall. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, oh wow! It's it's very distinctive, Craig. There's there you're backstage, and there's wires running along the ceiling. It's mostly drywall, so it's 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 a pretty clean backstage. There's wires running along the wall. They go over, but the key thing is they've got diamond plate. You know that shiny steel stuff that you see like on pickup trucks and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. From about <clears throat> four feet down at the lower part of the wall, because as you're pushing AV carts and whatnot, you run into the drywall, you're going to damage the oh, yeah. drywall. You run into right. dead, you run into diamond plate, you ruin the AV cart. So right. it's, it's very distinctive. And I went, what the, they walked right by where I signed my name. Obviously they were there first. So I, yeah. I took a picture of my TV screen and sent it to my co-MC Shawnee. And I went, look where they were. She's like, OMG. <laughs> we thought Aerosmith was pretty cool. It's like Queen That's was awesome. there. Like, yeah. I I was just kind of freaking out. I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Like, you I were there that. 10 years ago, Chuck. So I, it's okay. No, it, it wasn't that long ago. It was like 2018, 2019. Right. Um, I backed up the video and I watched the dressing room again. And she says, yeah, that looks a lot like the picture you sent me. Like same mirrors, same tables. I don't think it was the same exact room. But right. I recognized the carpet because when they showed him walking down the hall, it's like, no, I was right out. <laughs> they didn't take the elevator because the elevator's too damn slow. Slower right. than a hospital elevator. But it was a lot of fun to watch the show. And then that kind of capped it off. I went, woo, I was there. So- um, I was going to tell you that um, Adam Lambert is about the same, around that same time, Kim and I were watching, we don't watch any of any of those uh anymore any of those kind of competition shows but the one show we were watching was uh nxs rockstar where rock nxs was looking for a new lead singer sure to replace michael hutchins and uh one of the girls she didn't win uh but we her version of the song was at least for me especially I loved it so much. I liked it better than original. She did um, a man who sold the world. Okay. Her name was, jo- her name was Jordis Unger. And every once in a while, I remember it, I'll go, I'll go pull it up on Spotify and listen to it. So you can, you can find it on Spotify. She did that song 
I'm that's probably one of the best versions of that song I've heard. She is great. And I wish she had won that show, but they ended up picking another guy who ended up didn't work out with the band. So as well as Adam Lambert. So there were, there were some songs that he really, really did well. Uh, Obviously they were different, but right after the pulse shooting in Atlanta, you know, where the guy shot Mm -hmm. up the club. Yeah. uh, The next night, I believe they were in somewhere in Europe. Uh, I forget where the exact venue was, Belfast, Amsterdam, something like that. And he dedicated uh, the song, Who Wants to Live Forever, to those people. And man, he crushed it. I mean, really? It was, it was really good. Even Brian May said, I've never heard it. No, I'm sorry. I think it was Roger said, I've never heard it done quite like that. It was just, yeah. so yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. We are at the end of the show. We are at the top of the hour. So thank you very much for everybody listening along. Our question yeah. for you for next time. <laughs> Where do you get these? <laughs> I made actually I made this one up. If aliens make themselves known to us, what's the first thing you introduce to them? Silly putty. Craig. I if they introduce me, I'd say, here's oh, my friend. Take Rama. <laughs> There's no intelligent life here. Beam me up. Right. All right. So you think about that. We'll post it on Look social there. media. Oh, thank you, Clinton. Congrats on 700. Congrats on 700. Yep. 700 ago. I think he passed 700. He passed us a while ago. And I know Astronomy Cast is around here too. And they take a few weeks off during the summer months. So uh, we just kind of skip, hop, and jump around the calendar. And if something personal comes up, we'll let yeah. you know. Speaking of which, we do have that Star Trek cruise coming up. So we won't have a show. It's what is it? What's the date on that, Craig? Letting uh, people March know. something. No, I don't think it's March 1st, because that's a Wednesday. It's like the 28th, 29th. No, that's January. It's the 26th of February. We will not be broadcasting. The 1st of March would be the date of the release. So we will be having a week off. But we've got two or three more weeks to go before then. The 5th, 12th, and 19th. I don't see anything getting in the way of that. No travel coming up. Until May. (laughs) Until May. Yep. It's it's rock solid from here on out. So we we will introduce them to spam Uh, or grumpy grumpy cat. cat. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine what would be on the disc of Pioneer One if it went out today. I think you know what I would introduce them to? Yeah, actually, you know what we should have put on Pioneer One? The Dark Side of the Moon from Pink Floyd. They only have one moon, the moon. That's not very original. The moon. Dark side of the moon. The moon. Pretty egotistical to say the moon. No, we have we twelve moons. We should introduce them to those uh, those aliens that were on Sesame Street. Beep beep beep. 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 <laughs> Ring. The moons Ring. of the moons of Ring. No, that uh, wasn't that. That wasn't Sesame Street. I thought that was um, Muppet Show when they were on the the moon, moons of Meeps or. No, there were those aliens that you see at Dragon Con. They, uh, oh the, yeah, the, the the big colorful ones. They just gotcha. got eyes. They almost look like Cookie Monster a little bit. They, right. You know, mouths just above it. Anyway. Okay. All right, that takes care of us for this show. We are going to play this on hey, out of here. Or yeah. Mister Rogers, I'll introduce them to Mister Rogers. There you go. Introduce something good, quality shows our intellects. <laughs> Not much of that left anymore. The show Mary with Children. There you go. 
<laughs> oh, pig! <laughs> the Simpsons. Oh, pig. All right. Simpsons. Thank you, everybody. If you want to get in touch with us, you can call 707-530-2428. That's 707-530-CHAT. Text or call. It's one way to do it. You can also email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear from you. So don't forget, you can always sign up or upgrade on the Patreon page. Until upgrade. next time, Craig, give us a big binary high five. All right, 700. I mean, 101. Something like that, right? 700 sounds more like a Unix file permission.